1: Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's the problem, mate. I've got no hardness about it. But, you know, game hardness is different than any sort of hardness. When you just stick in the game and do it. Yeah. Like, there's none of that in Australian rugby now. And that's where the big gap is, mate. Like, you look at those Welsh players, mate, they play 30 games a year, they're hard and tough players, so they can just stick at it, they know they are got to do it. Mm. Like, and we've just lost that in Australian rugby. Mate, we're, we're not not tough, but we're not trained to be tough now, and we're not used to playing tough. Like it's an exception to play tough now rather than the normal one normal. It stands out like dog's balls mate. because they're good they are good players and and they care a lot the players, but they're just not hardened to play Test match rugby consistently.
0: The private thoughts of Eddie Jones as captured in the new documentary the wallabies inside rugby world cup 2023 one of the more unmitigated disastrous campaigns we've seen in australian sport in many a year one man who observed a lot of this he's a former wallaby himself he's one of the key planks of stan's coverage of rugby and he's an intricate part of this documentary is morgan turanui morgan it's great to have you on the program Welcome.
1: Well, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Thanks for having me. It's, I've just heard it again there listening in. It's uh, It almost sends a shiver down the spine to think of Wallabies fans going through what they went through last year, watching this doco, but it is revealing. Oh, I,
0: I'm so interested to see it, knowing how captivating this was from the outside. Just give me a picture of Eddie Jones as depicted in this documentary. And you know him. You played under him. And just how spectacular this all was across this World Cup campaign.
1: Yeah, it was was certainly interesting. I thought the big one is that I was one of those ones that was really positive about Eddie because I'd seen how good he was with us in the 2003 World Cup and that sort of thing. I knew what good Eddie could be. Uh, Very quickly last year, it became clear that it was, in a sense, it was bad Eddie that that Australia had picked up, unfortunately. It's really interesting. He, He is one of the voices you hear from a lot, And, of course, as always, even that little snapshot there, it's his own personal bias in his thoughts and that. But you do get an insight into what he's thinking, what his approach is, what he's trying to achieve. And especially in the first episode, it's all around optimism and positivity and building up the player's confidence and what people will see as as the things on field unravel, that it starts to unravel a little bit around the theming and the narrative and the reality of the Wallabies situation.
0: How graphically does it depict the, the selection controversy so the ditching of old players and that was unceremonious in some cases and the prioritisation of youth and planning for another day going to a World Cup.
1: Yeah, there, there's a little one where Michael Hooper is actually you know finds out that he's not in the team and you, and you hear from him very quickly at the end. You have the agony of people waiting to see if they have make it. It's, it doesn't really like find solutions. It's not trying to solve the problem. I think it's just about peeling back the veil to give people an insight as you mentioned i'm very lucky i'm quite close to the environment but i saw lots of things in the documentary that i wasn't privy to that i would never have seen and even as a remembering my time as a player i could never imagine that a coach's meeting or a head coach's address in the change room would ever be publicized from a Wallabies' environment so it's very much a first in, in terms of access
0: are the markers there of, of that this is going to be a disastrous world cup before it starts
1: yeah, I think it, it starts to as the losses build up as you go through, and, and we, we talk about Eddie trying to change so much in a short space of time. There was this belief in the man, but then as you, you look at exactly what the situation was, how much he was trying to do, you know, and all, you know, we're sitting there, we all know the ending. It's like we we know it's like we know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. We know what's <laughs> coming at the end, so there's not that shocking realization at the end. It is the opposite of say The Last Dance. There's no six championship rings at the end of this documentary, but you do know what the ending is. So it's really revealing to see all the steps of people optimistic, committed making sacrifices to win, knowing that they're ultimately going to come up short and, and agonisingly short in, in such a you know a catastrophic way.
0: Does it give any insight into why Eddie Jones wanted out and seemingly wanted out so quickly?
1: You know, I, th- I don't think so truthfully. I think you, you see his passion for the role and then he's presenting himself that way. But I think all the information lots of rugby fans, especially Wallabies fans, will have or will see that it looked insurmountable. Um, it was a disastrous campaign. And then if he wasn't in for the fight, well, then he's taken that, that exit stage left that he has. Um, I suppose, especially episode one, where it's all about positivity and this is what we're going to do. We're going to smash and grab the World Cup and this is the build and the youth of tomorrow. Um, it, it's almost more galling and, and harder to watch knowing that he walks out at the end of it.
0: Is there is there conflict? Uh, so... I, I'm yet to see it, but it, the coach versus the team psychologist, for instance?
1: Yeah, there's little snapshots of it. Um, there's yeah one sort of thing where they're trying to talk around selections and, and, and how they deal with the media and all those sorts of things where where you just see him bite back a little bit. There is no doubt that he is the boss. What, what, what he's also telling is that there's not a huge amount of input from the assistants. It seems that there's one man running the show, is um, he, very much around him. The doco centers on the fact that Eddie is the boss and everything comes from him. You, you'll, you'll be interested. There's a, a lovely little scene with Neil Craig, who you'll know well obviously yes. a uh, great operator in the AFL, and who's a bit of a mentor for Eddie, where Eddie's just getting his head around in a morning how he's going to deal with everything to come. So you get little snapshots of how Eddie approaches it um, and, and those sorts of things, which I would never have thought we'd get to look at.
0: How are we going to feel about Eddie Jones at the end of it? I, I'm sort of... I must admit, Morgan, it's prompted, it drew something out of me as if there was a way to banish a figure or revoke a citizenship as I would do it with Jones. I just feel like he betrayed the country as how I'm going to feel about him at the end of this documentary.
1: Yeah, I think it will be even more frustrating because you won't, get the, you won't get the answer that he's an absolute villain or that he's this and that, but you know that his actions have, have really hurt the game. It was a hard one for me too. As I said, I was positive around it. He is a real mental figure for my whole generation in lots of us having positive experience in the Wallabies, and it was hard to rationalise how poorly he performed, acted, um, and, and took care of a jersey that means so much to all of us. So there is a little bit of a grieving process watching that for me, thinking... I can't believe we trusted you to take care of our jersey and you've left it in darkness, really.
0: How long will will rugby in this country take to overcome this period? Or does his removal give the circuit breaker to start anew?
1: It definitely gives it a chance. Um, it, it's it's an interesting one to see. It's not just, obviously, about the head coach. And I think you know all sports, you'll know, especially in the... In Melbourne with some of the sports there, especially the big one AFL, that we obviously think that often the coach is going to be the electric shock sector coach, everything changes, a team will have a quick bump in performance and then it will probably go back to, to normal operations. One good thing about Eddie leaving is that we have hired an excellent coach, Joe Schmidt, uh, confirmed as Wallabies coach, the best available rugby coach in the world with international experience, which is crucial. That will help, but still, uh, the system and the pathways in rugby and Australia, I think they're probably a bigger bigger influence on what will happen to the game than who the head coach is. There's lots of talented kids coming through. How we identify, develop, hold on to them and not lose them overseas or to other codes will be the deciding factor. There's still excellent footballs in Australia, so there's always a chance. And, and I don't want to waffle on here, but the, the Wallabies play the World Champion Springboks twice this year. One of them's in Brisbane, where Australia has a, a great record. I can see the fact that seven or eight months after a World Cup where we don't make the finals and they win it, we could beat the Springboks. And what does that say about rugby in Australia then? I think it's a decent chance of happening.
0: Yeah, it'll be the shot in the arm that it needs. Morgan, it's great to get your insights. I I am so looking forward to this because it was one of the most captivating periods I can remember in Australian sport for all the wrong reasons. So I look forward to how it was depicted behind the scenes. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thanks, Jared.